Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where the women of Marvel assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I'm Adri Cowan. I am the social media manager. I'm Judy Stevens, producer. I'm Emily Shaw, assistant editor. And we are bringing you another one of our special Women History Month variant cover creator special series. That's such a long title. Special, special, special. Special, special. special. So much special. Special, special, special extra special. Yes, yes. Exactly. and we have on the phone Afua Richardson. Say hi. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Of course. So you're working on the Captain Marvel cover, which you're actually currently working on right now. Yes, like at, at this moment, my... My Wacom pin is touching the screen, working on that cover at the moment. As your editor, I am very pleased to hear that. Keep it going. I want you to keep working all through this interview. All artists, this is what we do when we want you to work on something. We'll stay on the phone with you and make sure that you're finishing. This is actually true. That's a true fact. It's like we're joking about it, but for some artists, I 100% do that. I'm like, hey, so what you doing right now? Are you physically moving your hand? Are you drawing? Oh, it's necessary. You have to multitask. Oh, Emily showed us um, your sketch and then your uh, sort of base colors that you're doing. It looks amazing. Um, I can't wait to see the final product. I'm sure everyone listening can't wait to see the final product. And you doing Captain Marvel, we sort of talk, started talking about this before we started the podcast, but I feel like Emily said that you are like one of the best people to be doing this cover. And uh, sh- Captain Marvel is such a powerful Carol, so amazing. Like, how do you feel about doing it? I feel super fortunate. Uh, this year, I've just been asked to draw just some amazingly powerful and strong women. But not just that, realistically strong. One thing I appreciate, especially about Carol Danvers as a character, is that when you look at her, she looks strong. She's still feminine. She still, you know, um, she still has you know an amazing costume, but she's wearing this like. I don't know, she looks like she's ready for battle, and that's something that really resonates with me. Because growing up, you know, I, I wouldn't have considered myself a very girly girl. You know, right now, I'm a, uh, of course, I was when I was a kid, but I'm almost six feet tall. Wow. And so a lot of times that's not equated with being feminine, especially, you know, if you're a kid and you're, like, long and lanky and you're almost the size of your teachers. But I was strong, you know. I was on the track team and... Um, I played sports and uh, did push-ups, trying to throw the football as far as I could, but that wasn't equated with being feminine. And what I love about Captain Marvel as a character is that, you know, she's, I don't know, she just has this look about her that is smart and really sassy and strong and badass, and, and it sort of reconfirms for me what else can be defined as feminine without, you know, compromise. Well, and that's that's exactly why I felt that you, I was so excited when you chose Captain Marvel as the cover you wanted to draw because I feel like that completely comes through in your art. Like, you have this, you have the balance of femininity and something that looks very beautiful, but also this, this strength with all the, the women you draw, and that's perfect for Carol. And we also were talking about, a little bit before we um, turned on the recorder, how baller Carol's outfit is. And the connection is that Judy also finds Carol's outfit really baller because she cosplays with her. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, everything that you were saying is exactly, I'm not six foot tall, I'm the ever the other range, I'm, I'm super short, I'm five foot, but I grew up okay. a, a, a female who played sports, who played with the boys, who played in the mud yeah. pit, and for me growing up, there was never really any, like, there wasn't any, like, feminine idols I could really look to besides, like, Xena. And, right. <laughs> and like she, I mean, obviously she was, she was it. That, that was like, here's this woman who's a lead, lead of a TV show, who's, who's strong and tall and amazing. And I, it's, it's sort of epic now that I'm older and that I can look back and go to like conventions at, and like see the Carol Corps and see these young high school girls looking up to a, a feminine character like Carol, who's, who is both, you know, beautiful in her femininity, but also beautiful in her strength. Absolutely. Yay, One Carol. thing that I noticed that's coming around, um, which I am super ecstatic about, is uh, women's fight leagues, like uh, especially women's fight leagues that are being taken seriously. Fighters like Ronda Rousey are really changing the dynamics of what's thought of as feminine. She's incredibly strong. She will break you. She will break <laughs> anyone's arm in under 15 seconds. She's amazing. She's just an Olympic, uh, she's an Olympic uh, judo, I don't know what we call it, fighter. And um, she just has so much, she has a great sense of humor, super, super smart, really witty, and I, she might even look great in a Captain Marvel suit. That's true. Do you use any of those women for inspiration when you're when you're drawing or? Oh, of course. Um, for Carol in particular, I looked up um, javelin throwers. Mm, oh, okay. cool! That's yeah, that awesome. upper body strength, yeah. definitely. Yeah, they they tend to be kind of spelt, but really, really defined and they have very dynamic poses so just to get my mind and thinking about a flying character like javelin throwers also tend to be high jumpers so they're like jumping over poles and like contorting their bodies around so you get really dynamic poses beyond just you know here I am flexing we can do it poses (laughs) which are fine they're great yeah, I, I like to do some different stuff, too. I mean, I think that's sort of like it's interesting the last couple of years of art. We've definitely seen a, a more different style of feminine uh, sort of drawn in the comics. I mean, obviously, you work in vector, which is very different than sort of pencil. Um, yeah. and, and that and obviously shows in your different type of art. I mean, looking at this Captain Marvel cover, I mean, it's so beautiful. Working in vector, but also still showing like curves and shapes. It's really it's really great. I've been having a lot of fun sort of blending the media together between uh, mixed and, and digital. This is a, I sort of started off as a, a watercolor artist, but I, you know, they're so expensive and you just <laughs> run out of paint after a while. So I thought, how can I um, make use of this computer and uh, mimic some of the things that I'm doing technique-wise. So a lot of times I'll make my own brushes and I'll scan in like paint strokes to create more um, tapered edges and things like that that occur in live media for uh, for my pieces. And it's not just blunt, you know, vector edges. And you're 
originally, you're a singer. Like, that's actually what you do on your daytime. (laughs) How did you get into comics? Well, a lot of times, um, out of the group of musicians or singers that I was around, I was the only graphic artist or illustrator around. So I would get asked to do, you know, album covers and um, flyers and things like that, just sort of on the fly. Like, hey, can you just make this for me? Here's, you know, 100 bucks. Here's 200 bucks. Can you create a flyer for my show? I don't personally know any graphic designers. And it, so it, it got me practicing. And uh, my friend Brandon Graham, in 2004, he moved to Portland, but for a time we were roommates, he was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. You should take my job doing comics. I'm like, what? And it was a you know, maybe a quarterly comic that only asked for 10 black and white pages, and so I just wrote this terrible comic, and once it got published, I sort of got over the fear of, oh, no, my work is not good enough to be published which I think really deters a lot of people from even trying to get into comics, thinking that they can't do it. Um, but after that fear was over, I started going to comic conventions and meeting other people and started posting online under an alias so people could give me honest critique instead of, oh, look, it's a girl who likes comics. Let's not insult her like some rare bird and just tell her her stuff is really good for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I don't need that. I I didn't go to art school. I just need someone to let me know, you know, how I can figure out three-point perspective. And, you know, as the Internet started uh, being awesome and less creepy, um, people were posting more tutorials. There was a lot more open source materials. And so I just started teaching myself while I was off tour as a singer, and um, I think in 2006 or so, my first vacation was to San Diego Comic-Con. And I walk up to um, the talk cow table and I walk over to Mark Silvestri and I say, um, hey, you know, I've loved your work, you know, since the 90s really great stuff. Uh, do you have anything I can buy? And so I buy his sketchbook and I hand him a postcard, which I always got in the habit of doing from being a singer. You always have to have some kind of contact information to put in someone's hands that will make them remember you. Especially growing up in a city like New York, you can't easily be forgotten. So I put the best examples of my work on a postcard with a website, handed it to Mark Silvestri, like, hey, um, <laughs> here is... Uh, there's me. You know, it's not terrible. <laughs> if you need a colorist, there it is. And I, you know, I didn't expect a job, but six months later, they asked me to draw a book, and I've been working on stuff ever since. I love that. It's such an organic sort of like coming into the industry. It's funny because we just also talked to another one of our. Uh, women of Marvel variant cover artist named Janet, and she's kind of the opposite style of you in the sense that she does everything by hand instead of on a computer, mm-hmm. but very similarly, like, was just hanging out, doing her own art, whatever. Oh, like, I'm really good at this. Let me just, like, try this out. Like, very, like, oh, naturally falling into the industry, which is really fantastic. I love that, you know, the industry now is open to people who didn't necessarily train in the traditional house style and, you know, isn't trying to 
adhere to a look that is standard across the board, and it's just right. really great. And, and also, yeah, I, and a lot oh of the, like, you, you kept on, you would say these things that, like, I feel like the listeners at home, if they want to get started in any industry, have a card. Have a card with your yeah. contact info on it, you know? Don't be afraid to go up to people and say hi. I mean, each one of those pieces, yeah. like, it's so important, no matter what industry you are in. Yeah, and hustle. Absolutely. Like, that's what you did. You had yeah. the proper tools, you went to the right place, and you talked to the right people. Like, you went up to Mark Silvestri, and you were like, here's my stuff. Check it out. I'm really good at it. Without maybe saying those things. But, but that's yeah, how you do it. A lot of people, I think, they, they want to draw, and they, they take their art very personally, which, you know, is understandable. It's this physical, you know, manifestation of what's in your mind as best as your motor skills can dictate. And so if... People don't want to give honest critiques sometimes because they don't want to hurt people's feelings. Uh, and there are ways to very constructively give that out, but it's not very often that you can go right up to the CEOs and the editors of any industry at a convention. I mean, I was in the music industry for a long time. There's not going to be a lot of places where you can just find an A&R or find a CEO or find you know the head of a company just sitting there selling their own CDs. That doesn't happen. So seeing how rare that opportunity is, it's like, hey, talk to people. You know, yes, they are there to sell books, but they're also, you know, the folks who are running a business in the business that you want to be in. So I, I didn't go to school, and I understand people who do. It's important. You know, it makes things a heck of a lot easier than figuring it out on your own. But also talk to the people who do the hiring, you know, not just not just the artist, but those who are in the business of what it is you want to be in to get a, a whole understanding of the occupation that you want to pursue. Or if it's just going to be a hobby, let it be a hobby. But, you know, whatever you do, be amazing at it. That's kind of my... I also love that you like were brave enough to be like I want real feedback from people because I feel like if I if I were in that boat I'd be like no don't be mean to me yeah everyone tell me you love what I do like by comments I mean positive comments only please um, oh no I was scared like don't get me wrong I was scared uh, I was terrified like I would clutch my sketchbook like oh god well, because the internet's um, a cruel and dangerous place. <laughs> a dark place sometimes, definitely. Well, as as also an artist who went to who went to like art school and photo school, I remember like putting my work up because in in photography, what you do is each week you would like go and you make your work and you print your work and you every Friday you come up and you pin your class, pin your art up on the board, and I'd be like, my teachers were mean. They were so mean, but they were like. They were like what their meanness turned out to be making me a better photographer and I would just like sit there and like bite my nails waiting for them and it took me <laughs> years to not make criticism personal. I yeah. think yeah, I think that's a really good point in the sense that like I, I think the best artists and creators are able to like metabolize those kinds of comments that maybe aren't just like pats on the back and congratulations, you're already doing great. And without getting defensive about it, without fighting back, um, able to actually listen to criticism and respond is a really, a really um, impressive and important uh, quality to have. 
there was just this, I think there was a quote going around today from Ira Glass from NPR. I love him. But he was just basically saying everyone goes, everyone who's creative will go through a period of time where your work is just terrible. And it's what you do with it from that point. Like, if you just let everything, if you just like let it weigh you down or if you keep going and fix what's terrible. Right. But maybe yeah, you never experienced that because you're always awesome. I was going to say, but maybe if it was never terrible, it was always perfect. And no one had anything bad to say, I'm sure. It feels like every six months my art feels terrible. And I think what's actually happening is that you run up to the limitations of your capabilities and you need to learn new skills. And hopefully that keeps happening. And uh, what I do to kind of make sure that I don't get stagnant as an artist is surround myself with people who are better than me. And if I can't physically do that, if, you know, geographically I'm not very close to a lot of my peers, I'll uh, constantly keep inspiration around me or uh, create an art community. Like I have a group on Facebook called Dr. Seuss Lab, where I try to encourage professionals to post in and also people who are hobbyists or beginners. And I post in some of, you know, a lot of my work and some of the sketches that I'm not too proud of and, and give them the opportunity to say what they see is wrong with it. Because in evaluating other people's artwork, you can start seeing the techniques like, oh, okay, this is how they're putting this together. It's like the blueprints of a building. Once you start understanding like the the connections and the shortcuts and so on, it's just a matter of drilling it and developing that motor skill. So for me, you know, I don't want to like rest on my laurels either. Like I want to constantly keep sharp. And, you know, some days I'm just like, oh, I can't draw at all. I'm so terrible. Why am I doing this? And then I come to my senses. But I want to make sure that I see the good and I see the, not the bad, but the potential in my work, too. And I want to encourage others to do the same because as they get better, they can start seeing things and then teach me. It's amazing. I love your whole strategy of just being a better artist every day, even though you're already awesome. But I think that's important. Um, where can we see your artwork? Are you online anywhere? Do you have a portfolio have a we can website, check out? Uh, richardson.com. I'm also on Facebook under Afua Richardson. I have a Tumblr uh, under tumblr.com Fu. D-O-C-T-A-F-O-O. I'm on Twitter under Afua Richardson, one word. And I'm on Instagram under Dr. Fu as well. Oh, I'm so proud. <laughs> I'm so proud of all your social media prowess. Adrian's <laughs> our social media, our head of social media, so she's like all about all of the platforms you're using. Good job. So good. And also, what's the name of your band? Where can people find your musical oh, talents? Okay. I'm in a band called Waking Astronomer, uh, and we're at wakingastronomer.com. It's a trio. It's kind of like electronic, indie, soul, space, cosmic music. I love that description. And we're writing an EP right now. Awesome. I was just going to say, I love that description of your band. It sounds like it's everything at once, which is awesome. There should be a theme song (laughs) to the actual cover that she's doing, like to the issue. Oh, yeah. Write a song for the Captain Marvel cover you're doing. That would be amazing. (laughs) 
Just to give you some more work to do, so just work. <laughs> yeah, we'll expect that next week. I should make a Captain Marvel theme song. I've got to figure that out. That's, that's actually something I want to do. I want to make comics and music. I want to start doing like a multimedia crossover where I create either a series of drawings or a book that has mu- music to accompany. Like it's another part of the story and then kind of do like a traveling show where there's artwork, there's music, you know, if things get fancy, something interactive. I don't know, just have an experience when you go out and see art. Cause there's amazing bands, there's amazing artwork, but I don't see a lot of it synthesized. And since I do both, it's like, heck, why not? That sounds incredible. I'm totally, I, I've bought into it already. Okay, and I'll stop, like, rambling on. <laughs> That's right. Everything you say is very intelligent. Actually, my brain exploded. That's why. We're all just going like right on exactly. Like that's exactly what all of our faces are doing right now. Like you just uh, summarized everything that we hope to bring to comics and everything we're trying to do here with this podcast and all of the good stuff. You know, life, all of the things. Um, but we are very privileged to have you as one of our artists for our Women of Marvel variant covers. Um, you guys check out the Captain Marvel Afua Richardson cover. It's going to be beautiful when the final is in, which will be soon, potentially, maybe. And yeah, I am feeling. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and everyone at home listening, make sure you guys go check out Afua and all her different social media so you can hear more of her very intelligent quotes that I swear to God, you, you must have had 20 quotes that I could take out and put on a t shirt. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, we will check you guys all later. This is Marvel, your universe.